When passion, perseverance, and performance join forces, success is born. When your lifestyle is cultivated around physical and mental well-being, winning is inevitable. If you're somebody who likes to set goals and crush them too, you've come to the right place. This is putting yourself first. This is motivation. This is the Goal Set Mindset Podcast. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Goal Set Mindset Podcast. This is Julie, your host, here to bring you weekly wellness tips to help you live happier, healthier, and make real progress towards your goals. On today's episode, I am diving into building muscle, muscle hypertrophy. And I'm also coming at you live from the back patio because it is a gorgeous Sunday afternoon. So if you hear some uh, birds chirping and a little bit of of noise in the background, that's why. (laughs) But today's episode, today's conversation is going to be a quick one focused around a recent research paper that I stumbled upon that I found was quite interesting in regards to recommendations for building muscle. So this concept of muscle hypertrophy is something that a lot of us chase in fitness. If you're somebody who aspires to look more lean or get more toned or physically build more muscle mass on your body, what you are looking for is something called muscle hypertrophy, which is the actual growth of the muscle cells in your body. And back when I took my strength and conditioning certification exam when I was preparing for it, I learned very specific recommendations, specific standards for creating muscle hypertrophy within a workout. The textbook that I studied from had the recommendations for building muscle in a workout to do somewhere between 6 to 12 repetitions for 3 to 6 sets at 67 to 85% of 1 rep max. And those are some pretty rigid standards. So I always kind of thought in my head that anything outside of that range isn't necessarily going to produce bigger muscles. However, the other day I stumbled upon an Instagram post that was widely shared by people that I follow from Brad Schoenfeld, which Brad is a leading researcher in muscle hypertrophy and actually is is, uh, kind of the focus of the paper that I'll be reviewing today. So his Instagram post is very simple. And it essentially states that the new hypertrophy continuum is anywhere from 3 to 5 reps to 8 to 12 reps to 15 plus reps. And I think people got really excited about this research article because we've always kind of thought of this rigid standard that if your workouts aren't meeting those certain numbers that you're probably not building muscle. But what this research is starting to show is that the amount of reps that we're doing in a workout may not be the number one factor. So my purpose today is to go through this paper that I found and lead you all, lead you listeners with some recommendations of how to consider structuring your workout if your goal is to build muscle mass. So after seeing this Instagram post, I found this research article titled The Effect of Low Load Resistance Training on Skeletal Muscle Hypertrophy in Trained Men a critically appraised topic. The paper is by Nick Dobson, and it is from the Journal of Sports Rehabilitation. 
And this paper reviews four research studies, three of which are actually from Brad Schoenfeld who made that post. And essentially the goal of this paper is to review some of the current research regarding hypertrophic response in both high load training and low load training in resistance trained individuals, in this case, resistance trained men. And what they're looking for here is to determine if people do not have the opportunity to lift within that recommended rep range of, you know, eight to 12 reps of a certain amount of load. Like, can we still get bigger muscles? Can we still experience hypertrophy outside of the typical standard of load and reps and intensity, so on and so forth? So to just go into like some brief details about the study here, and then I'm going to wrap up with some of my conclusions and thoughts on it is there were four studies included in total in the paper here. And it's worth noting that all of the studies that were looked at in this paper were done with trained individuals, trained men. Most of the hypertrophy research that we've seen previously is actually done on untrained individuals, people that are potentially overweight or that have never completed a structured resistance training program anymore. And it's great that they look specifically at people that are already trained here because it's a lot easier for untrained people to gain muscle because if you think about somebody going to the gym for the first time following a program for the first time their body is fresh it's going to be very sensitive to make those changes because it's a brand new stimulus whereas somebody who's been in the gym for one two three five plus years is going to have a little bit more trouble experiencing a significant amount of gains if they already have a pretty good baseline of muscle growth. So all of the studies here had the intensity and dosage and rep ranges and all of that set up a little bit differently. But in general, to summarize the four different studies that were looked at, the men included in the sample ranged from like 20 to 35 years old, and they all had a few years of resistance training experience. Between all of the studies, ranges of repetitions, so that's how many times you're performing the exercise in a given set, varied quite a bit between groups and between studies. Some of the participant groups did as little as two to four repetitions for each exercise, and some groups did as high as 25 to 35 repetitions. The difference between those groups had to do with how much weight they were doing for those two to four reps or 25, 35 reps. So as you can imagine, the groups that were performing a lower amount of repetitions were using a higher amount of load compared to the groups that were doing 15, 20, 30 repetitions were using less weight on the bar or in the weights that they were holding. In terms of the number of sets, most of the studies used three sets per exercise Rest periods is something that was also measured and emphasized in these studies. Most of them used 60 to 90 seconds, somewhere in that range, between each set for a rest period. In terms of the number of exercises per session, which is something that a lot of us often struggle with figuring out, like how many different exercises should I do? The study had the participants do somewhere between like five and seven different exercises per session and most of them were done in a total body fashion. On average, the study had the subjects work out for three days a week. One of the studies used four days a week, 
And at the end of eight to 12 weeks or so, on average, was when they looked at the results of the different programs. So a lot of different numbers over the last couple minutes just to kind of summarize what they did here. But the main takeaway here and the main thing that drew all of these studies together is that all of the subjects were told to perform the exercises to failure. So everybody who participated in this study, in these four different studies, when they were doing their exercises, when they were under the barbell doing squats or they were pressing dumbbells overhead, they were told, do as many repetitions as you can. And the results of the study showed that despite all of the differences between them, that some groups did less reps, some groups did more reps, some groups did a lot of weight, and some groups did a little bit of weight, all four of the studies showed significant improvements in muscular thickness with no significant difference between the groups regarding that muscle thickness. So no matter what the training program was, how many reps they were doing, how many sets they were doing, how much weight was on the bar, all they really saw that created improvement was taking all of the exercises to failure. Essentially, as long as the participants who were doing the exercises were working really hard and were emptying their tank, they ended up gaining more muscle mass at the end of the 8 weeks or 10 weeks or 12 weeks. Now, there were some differences in some other measures that they looked at, such as muscular strength and other physiological metrics that they measured. And if you want more details on that, definitely take a look at the study. But I think it's really, really cool that despite these studies and these programs being so different, they all created improvements in muscle mass. So what this tells us and why I'm so excited about this is that even in people who already had a pretty significant baseline of being in the gym, working out consistently for one or two or three years, and despite the differences in the type of training they were doing, they all experienced some amount of growth in their muscle mass. Now, if you are a high-level individual, if you're somebody who's been training for a very long time, if you have like below a 10 or 15% body fat already, these principles might not be as potent for you. You may need a more specific, more regimented, more structured rep range to continue to improve your muscle mass. But this message is for the average person. The person who dabbles in the gym and hasn't really been all that consistent and is looking to put on a little bit of muscle, effort is going to take you very, very far. But if you are somebody who's already high level, you're probably going to need a little bit more attention and a little bit more number crunching to really propel you towards your goals. And there's a couple of main takeaways that I have from this study and the reason why I want to share it with you all today. So a few considerations here is you may be listening to this and hearing that this study was done with men and saying, well, I'm not a man. Does this apply to me? <laughs> and the answer is yes. Women gain muscle by the same mechanisms that men do. The only reason why they likely focus just on men for this paper is that when you're conducting a scientific study, you have to control for as many things as possible. So it's not to say that women aren't going to experience the same amount of adaptation or the same adaptation in general, 
Um, it's just kind of how things are done in scientific research. Now that being said, women do have less testosterone and in general men tend to have more muscle mass and potentially can gain more muscle mass easier. Um, but this is definitely a study that can be applied to women as well and these principles can be applied to women as well. So this is huge either way. Another thing that I love about this study is that it simplifies the way that we can look at creating exercise programs. So many of us, when we start going to the gym, if you're in the beginning of a fitness journey or early on in your journey, you might get to the gym and get super stressed about like, what exercises should I choose and how many should I do and how much weight should I do? And while all of these factors matter, and this is why it's so, so valuable to work with a coach or a trainer who can help you understand these principles and program things well. By the same token, if you don't have access to a coach or you're not really ready to invest in one yet, you can follow these principles that are just saying that effort is going to be significantly more powerful than those numbers, at least in the beginning of your training program. Now, a limitation of this study is that they only followed these men for 8 to 12 weeks. So they took a bunch of data in the beginning, they put them through this program for a couple months, and then they tested everything again. There's no saying how long these people will continue to improve for before they need to change it up. So this is a relatively short-term study, but even that, knowing that muscle mass can be created that people can get bigger um, within just a few months is really awesome as long as you are following a consistent program. Now, this study does not mean and is not saying that lifting light and lifting heavy are the same thing. Even though people who lifted pretty light loads up to like 40-50% of their one rep max for 20 reps or 30 reps, even though those are pretty light weights that they were doing, Lifting heavy is going to have other benefits that lifting light weights doesn't necessarily have. So these are things like gaining pure strength, nervous system adaptation, strengthening your bones and your ligaments and your tendons. All of these other tissues are going to respond well to higher loads, as well as things like activating your core and just training your proficiency in the movement in general. So this isn't saying that lifting light and lifting heavy are exactly the same. You want to make sure that you incorporate both, in my opinion, and lifting heavy should definitely be a part of your program. Higher loads are still recommended in general by this paper and by other researchers, but what this is shedding a light on is saying that if you need to lift lighter weights for a period of time, whether that be because you don't have access to heavy lifting equipment or maybe you experienced an injury and you're not ready to squat the same amount of weight that you used to. All that this is saying is that you can still make gains or at the very least maintain your gains if you need to take your foot off the gas a little bit. And by taking your foot off the gas, I'm saying lift a little bit lighter, go a little bit slower, but the effort is still there. As long as you are working hard and stressing your system, you are likely going to adapt in a positive way. And this is one of the reasons why I was so excited about this study is because as I'm recording this, it is summertime. 
I am in between moving from New York to Maryland and I don't have a gym membership because I'm here for a pretty short time. So I've been hitting workouts in my driveway. I've got dumbbells up to 50 pounds and a jump rope and a med ball. So I'm not lifting heavy, but a study like this shows that as long as my effort is there, I can still put on a little bit of muscle if all my other lifestyle factors are in check. Another thing I want to point out here is that rest periods are very important. And rest periods are something that not many of us key into in the gym. I'm definitely guilty of this. I like to put on my music and like not pay attention to how much time I'm taking between sets. But in the study, they uh, monitored this very closely, 60 to 90 seconds. 60 seconds for some studies. Some of them had like two to three minutes between sets. But in general, that 60 to 90 second range is recommended for gaining muscle mass. And the reason why is muscle adaptation occurs as a result of the cumulative stress that we put on it. You've probably heard about this concept of time under tension. The amount of time that our muscles are spending under load throughout the training session is what's going to decide the adaptation that they experience. So you might be working really, really hard in the gym, but if you're BSing for like five minutes between your sets on the bench press, and you guys can all picture somebody in the gym who does that, (laughs) you may not experience as good of an adaptation because your body is taking too much time off in between those sets. So maybe you're not somebody who wants to exactly time your sets every single time, but maybe key into like resting during the length of the chorus of your song, or this is where a workout buddy can really come in handy. When I train with my boyfriend, and we're doing the same workout, typically the time that he is working is the time that I'm resting. And by the time we switch out the plates and he finishes his set, usually that's going to put us in that like 60 to 90 second range, which is what I'm going for when I'm looking to improve my muscle mass. And last point here is the number of exercises. This varied widely among the studies One of the studies actually only had people do three exercises per session, just three exercises, and they still experienced muscle growth. So this is also to say that in order to gain muscle mass, you don't need to do a ton of different exercises. In fact, this is something that I've changed my outlook on a little bit over the years. I used to do like 10 to 12 exercises in all of my workouts back in college, Because I always thought, you know, the more the merrier. But typically, if you're doing less exercises, for me, my sweet spot is like five to six exercises in a training day. If those are primarily compound exercises and you're working hard and you're giving that effort, you're going to improve. And that way you can have some variety between your training days as well. Instead of doing like the same 10 or 12 exercises every single time and being stuck in the gym for like two hours to get everything done. So keep that in mind. You don't need to do as many exercises as possible to experience these benefits either. So in conclusion here, my goal of the week for you this week is to give a little bit of thought to this paper. If you're interested and if you're nerdy like me, maybe read it yourself and consider how you are approaching your training sessions. 
If you are in a season right now where you are looking to get more toned and look more fit and gain muscle, ask yourself if you are emptying your tank. Are you truly giving your workout as much effort as possible? And I'm not promoting overworking here and overdoing it. We know that rest is super important and three to four days a week is going to be optimal if you are really, really straining yourself every single day so that you have those rest breaks. But if you've been working out for a while and you're not gaining muscle, again, there's so many different things that affect it. Nutrition and sleep are two big ones. But next time you're in the gym, ask yourself, am I giving my full effort on every set in every exercise that I'm doing today. Check in with yourself, think about that one, and if you can improve your effort and start to empty out that tank, I bet you'll see some really awesome results. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Goal Set Mindset Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this one and learned a thing or two about building muscle in the gym and understanding that it doesn't have to be that complicated. If you're enjoying the show, I would love if you went over to your favorite platform and subscribed so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, we will be back next week with another episode.